TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Trail to the left field corner, down for a hit. Sano around second. He's on his way to third. Buxton to second. They're going to wave Sano around. Buxton on his way to third. And it's a triple for Byron Buxton and a 1-0 Twins lead. That call there on Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 69. I'm Robbie Makloff along with Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. The uh, Twins take two of three this weekend from the Rangers, and I hope that uh, calmed some of the concerns of Twins fans over the 4th of July weekend. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, but joining us right now to start things off, he was a leadoff hitter throughout his career, and uh, he's leading off the Score North first place Twins show, ESPN nice. analyst and host Chris Singleton. An honor and a pleasure, sir. Welcome in. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm leading off, but you know I don't walk very much. So <laughs> you make contact. That's all that's important. That's right? what we want. We want you swinging here, Singleton. We want you swinging. Uh, I, right. I open the show every day by saying it's the Score North first place Twins show, and I give the magic number. Did we get carried away here in Minnesota thinking that this thing was over, Chris? Do you think that it was a, a bit of a mirage, what we saw from both the Twins and the Indians in the first half of the season? Um, I won't say a mirage. I, I think definitely the Twins ball club is, without question, I mean, the obvious, it's an improved club from last year. And um, I call them the Twin City Bombers uh, because <laughs> the home runs that they hit, I mean, best home run rate in the league, uh, just ridiculous. But, you know, it's not just home runs. I mean, they pitch well, uh, starting pitchers, you know, second in the American League. And um, relief pitching, not bad. Uh, it's sixth. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good team, and sure, you, you benefited from playing well and the Cleveland Indians, you know, having a slow start to the season, but the Indians coming into the year, you know, there was going to be a question about, you know, their ability to score runs at, at, a, at a high rate when you consider, um, you know, start of the year, Francisco Lindor was on a disabled list. Jose Ramirez was really struggling. You lost Michael Brantley. Um you know, Carlos Santana comes back in. He's obviously an all-star this year. But, you know, you're looking at how some of those things are going to play out. Now, one month, okay, so the last month wasn't a great month um, for the Twins, but still a game over 500. Uh, the issue is that the Indians got hot, and they, they played well since the June 4th. I think the Twins were up like 11, 11 and a half games early June. Um, and since that time, Cleveland's just gone on a really nice run, to, you know, like about 21-8 and eight records. So, uh, I still think that a season has this kind of, you know, ebb and flow. And I think fan bases should get excited. When you see your teams up double digits, you should start planning for October because that's life and that's enjoying, um, you know, the excitement of how a team's doing. You don't want to be one of those fan bases where it's like, oh, yeah, we're up 10 games, but we'll find a way to – We'll find a way to lose it. You know, that's a bad, that's bad morale. That's and, us. Uh, <laughs> Singy, unfortunately, yeah. that's the Minnesota sports fan right there in a nutshell. You just described us. Yeah, well, hopefully that energy won't seep into target field um, and affect the players. But uh, I think you just got to ride it, enjoy it. And it, it sounds cliche, but, you know, you got to believe. And, and I think when, you know, people can can have more of an attitude of, of belief and why not us? Why not this be our year instead of, you know, going back to where it's comfortable to say, oh, yeah, so you, you set yourself up so you're not, you know, too uh, too hurt from the disappointment. Get out there and and, uh, and, and believe that, you know, something good is going to happen. You've seen a you know great first half of the season and a uh, little bit slow over the last few weeks, but why not see it ramp back up after the All-Star break? So, in, in your mind, this Cleveland team got off to a terrible start, and I believe it was around June 3rd that they started to turn uh, turn things around and have played very well since. In your analysis of that club, who who do you think they are, and, and how good do you think that they can potentially be? Is this, is this an incredible hot streak that's going to subside in your mind, or is this more them, certainly than what we saw in April and May when they scuffled and did not play well? I don't, I don't, my opinion is not that the Cleveland Indians are now going to just roll for the rest of the season. That they started slow, 
but they are, um, you know, this great team. The only way that happens is if the pitching staff really dominates. And, um, you know, we just, you know, heard the unfortunate news about Carlos Carrasco and, you know, his battle with cancer right now. And, and he's expected to be back, um, you know, sometime maybe by the end of the month or, or early next month. Um, Corey Kluber's, you know, injuries and, and hadn't pitched well, but their starting rotation, um, hasn't been, you know, coming in the season, it was expected to be really dominant, one of the best in baseball, and it, and it hasn't been that way. So it, unless that really clicks and gets on track, um, I still think that consistently scoring runs for them is, it's, it's gonna be, a challenge, not that they won't score, but to score at the level where they're just running through the division because the division is better and the twins are better. So um, if I was to still pick and say, hey, who do, you, who do you like to win in the sense of where things stand right now, what's possible in terms of July additions, um, what's needed, I, I still am leaning towards Minnesota because I, I, I think that Minnesota has matched up you know, I don't know the numbers head to head right now, but over the last couple of years, I remember two years ago that when when Minnesota, I think, lost in the uh, wild card game to the Yankees, right? Um, that was a year that being around Cleveland, like they were concerned about matching up against. They felt like the Twins matched up really well against Cleveland, and um, they really didn't want to see Minnesota. So. I don't know what the head-to-head looks like right now, but I think that's you know potentially still there. And with a good number of games left head-to-head on the year, uh, I think that's a, that's an opportunity. Um, those are the best opportunities to keep your lead and win the division. Talking with Chris Singleton of ESPN here on the Score North First Place Twins Show, uh, Chris. When when you're in a situation like this and in a division like this where the Indians have, let's let's be honest about it, been dominating this division for for good four or five years now. How much does does the experience that they have in in a race in in the second half of a race play into what we're going to see here between them and the Twins here post All Star break? Well, I would say that you know having been there, done that is is big. You've got you've got players that, I mean, whether it's Lindor. Uh, he's been in the postseason a lot. Ramirez, um, that's you know that's solid. Santana, Bauer. Uh, my my thought, kind of on, in looking at it, Cleveland coming into this year, they with the the budgetary constraints that they have, it's one of those things where I I, I personally feel that I have nothing really to back this on other than look you know being around teams, evaluating, looking at how the business goes. But had Minnesota been able to maintain a double-digit lead over the Indians in this month, there's a possibility that Cleveland would sell some of their guys and save some money, get some, you know, get some prospects back and try to build because they just don't have the payroll to work with um, to really be able to win big. Um, you know, you could win the division, all right, but you know they're going to go into the postseason and, and – I mean, look what happened last year with, with against Houston. I mean, it was almost embarrassing. So, you know, some maybe p- possibly if, if there's a good run between now and, the, and sort of towards the end of July, that the Twins have a great run, the Cleveland Indians, let's say it's so-so, you might see a situation where Cleveland moves a player or two to save some money and get some prospects, and uh, which could help the Twins – perhaps win the division and get back in the postseason. Bauer gone because that you know he he obviously goes on year to year contracts. He I think is arbitration eligible after this year, but he costs a lot with the uh trend in which Cleveland is going as far as uh, personnel decisions. Do you think he gets traded almost regardless? Um at some point, I I don't know. I don't know about this season. I joked earlier and this is, you know, this is a joke, but I joked uh, a month or so ago. I said, you know, the the Indians should trade Bauer to twin to the Twins so that you know Twins lose the division. Just you know, have a guy come in and mess up the clubhouse. But I'm, I'm just joking because you know you, <laughs> you hear all this stuff about Trevor Bauer. But I was like, but I thought it was funny. I was like, hey, there's your kind of Trojan horse, man. Just send him in there, and it's like, all right, you know, all of a sudden things crumble for Minnesota and Cleveland can win it. But um, I I think. 
he's going to get moved at some point. Um, and again, I think that if if over the next two weeks Minnesota goes up and Cleveland just kind of stays there and goes down, mm-hmm. we could see him get traded. He's the he's the biggest chip they have in the starting rotation. Uh, This question does not apply to uh, 2019, but how quickly do you think the uh, White Sox are coming? Because I just look at the prospects that they got in all those trades and the guys that they're starting to promote now, and I see, I guess starting probably in 2020, a team that is going to be very good potentially. Yes. Um, As a former White Sox player, I see the talent, and I hope that they just don't screw it up. You know, I hope that... uh, that they have the right, you know, folks in place in terms of, of, you know, leading, guiding, coaching, all that stuff um, to really take advantage of the opportunity because just because you have talent and prospects and everything else, it doesn't guarantee and it doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's going to be sustainable if you're not making the right decisions from up top in terms of, you know, how you're constructing, whether it's, you know, the lineups, the the coaching staff, what's the culture that you're establishing. So, yeah, I think it's definitely exciting to see what they're, what they're bringing. And regardless, it's going to push them up higher in the division, even without um, those, those things that I just mentioned, but in terms of really maximizing the potential to be a dominant force, um, for a few years, once these prospects develop and and are fully in the big leagues, I think it's going to take more than just you know having the talent there. And um, and and you know again as a former White Sox player, and and I would say this too as a Central Division you know player, um, I, I like to see those teams do well. I, I'm I'm excited about the Twins playing well. I'm excited coming a couple of weeks to come to a game. Um, just really, really like the division and, and like some of the, the organizations. So uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. But I hope that both these organizations, the Twins and the White Sox, are uh, continue to make the move and, you know, emerge to the top of the division. And, and, you know, Cleveland's been on top for a while, and they've had opportunities to do something big in the postseason and, and haven't been able to do it. Uh, lost to the Cubs Game 7 of the World Series. So I'm all for, you know, seeing some of the other teams in the division, as we saw the Royals a few years back, um, perhaps it's the Twins, it's the White Sox turn coming up here in the next couple of years. Chris, are you surprised that the trade market didn't move a little sooner and a little faster than past years with the, the rule change to a single trade deadline and no more waivers? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't, I'm not the whole landscape of, of baseball and moves um, going from offseason, free agency, and, and everything else. I, I'm really kind of looking and, and I guess learning anew in terms of, you know, what, what's the strategy and approach that teams are taking? Because even with the trade that used to be such a big time buzz, you know, you go back five years ago, six years ago, um, the trade deadline, and it just hasn't been the same in my opinion. And um, teams are evaluating differently. Teams have the tools in terms of, you know, the analytics, the metrics, and everything else. I was just uh, doing a, a Rays-Yankees game on Saturday down in Tampa, and I was talking to Matt Silverman, their their general manager, and asked him about, you know, this kid Brandon Lau, who would have, you know, been on the all-star team. He had an injury, um, but he was a replacement. But, you know, good player that they signed to, I mean, like a five-year contract, and he was in a top-round pick. He was never like a top prospect in the minor leagues. And I asked him, I said, how did you guys commit? to a rookie who hadn't even played, you know, in the big leagues hardly, how'd you commit, you know, $25 million or whatever it was. And he said, he was always that guy that was on a team in the minor leagues that he wasn't, we didn't even know if he was going to play, you know, every day. He was kind of the extra guy. And uh, he always found a way to emerge and play. And um, he's just, we look at his contact rate. We look at, you know, his plate discipline, all those things. And we'll be able to measure that over time. And this is the player. We, we believe this is the player. Um, he's a consistent player. And so he just kind of flew under the radar, but since they had him and they were able to track it. So uh, to my, my point is, is that teams aren't getting, like, bamboozled, you know, anymore by, oh, this guy could be great. Oh, let's get him over here. They're looking at details and specific information, and they're not going just off of emotion and hope. And so I think that's what affects um, 
how, how trades and, and sort of the velocity of trades that we see in July. That's Chris Singleton. Of course, catch him on ESPN, MLB analyst and host, and our guest for the last few minutes here on the Score North First Place Twins show. He's also on Twitter at Singy's Tweets. Chris, appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks. There he is, Chris Singleton on the Score North First Place Twins show. See, Judd, everything's fine. This is what I've been trying to tell you. I'm ecstatic today. Why is that? Oh, you're not going to get me in, in a, a bad mood or concerned I'm because not, this is this unlike is, you guys. I don't try to put you in a bad mood. Oh like no, this is exact. No, no, no. I am. I I will. I've been saying this on um uh, on Beyond the Score, on Cluster Fun. I will say it today. I am thrilled. Five and a half down now to five and a half game lead for the Twins. Four days off and a three game series in Cleveland, which I can't wait for. No, this is great. The last thing, as a if you're a Twins fan, you might be like, I don't like this. But if you are a Minnesota baseball fan, this Wait, is so you're you're happy that the Indians have yes, gone back oh, into this. Absolutely, and a series on Friday. They they've got 13 games left. Ordinarily, that that whole in, talk in division this. thing. I hate. No, I am. We got to go to a break. I can't tell you how happy well, I am right now. Try to contain that excitement for I it don't is know, three minutes. Genuine excitement. It's the score Just ask Manny. first place Twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of ten thousand rakes. The magic number is sixty nine. That's Judd Zolgad. I'm Robbie Mackloff. Manny <laughs> so now, Hill. No, don't just don't say that number. Don't say that number. Every twenty five year old just day. said nice. Every day. Magic number is sixty nine. We'll be right back. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect you. How did I become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works? And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. A high fly to right field. Way back and gone. His second big league home run. Two to nothing. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. Dick Bramer on the call. This is the Score North first place twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 69. I'm Rami Makhlouf. Honest to God, you're going to have to stop. <laughs> just for today. Just stop, okay? Manny Hill on the other side. Just of the for glass. today. Just for today. Tomorrow you can resume. No, it's the best magic number. Or actually on Friday numbers. you can resume. It's the most magical of magic numbers. Well, I guess if we want the younger demographic, we're getting it right now. They're all switching to AM. Oh my gosh, did you hear they said that number? Well, what's really funny, too, is the promo that went into the last break, too. I didn't catch that. Well. Sorry, I had to you run. Can, I had to listen run back to the. Uh, you can listen back to the on-demand portion of the uh, show when it's get when it's posted in about an hour or so from now. <laughs> Rami had to go somewhere. Quickly. I had to run to the men's room. <laughs> For another, well, we might talk about this on. We should the afternoon show. We should talk about Mackie it on and Judd with Rami show. because it's hilarious. Why Judd is a jerk? Can I tell you guys some topic just really, sure. really, really quick? So my phone, as we were talking to um, Singy, mm-hmm. just sent me a back in the day right. With pictures, mm-hmm. 2016. It was of the day. Oh, like the Google Photos thing. Yeah, like it said, like, like on this day, like on whatever. this. But yeah. but it said it said back in the day, like it, it was a good thing. It was the day that a massive tree limb fell on my house, and I took pictures for insurance purposes. <laughs> what the hell is going on, dude? It was a big tree. It's back in the day, Judd Zolgad. You might want to remember, and it was insurance pictures. That's so it was July eighth. What year was this? Two thousand sixteen. Three years ago, a big tree limb toppled off an old tree and hit the gutter and my roof, and I took a ton of pictures for insurance, and I just got that. That's why algorithms will never be people. Facebook wanted to remind me, you know, how they do, like, every year, they'll go, oh, one year ago or two years ago. They want mm-hmm. to remind me of uh, my knee surgery and when my dog died. Yeah, okay. You should <laughs> no bring thanks. this stuff up. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> A person would know those are things I want to be reminded of. Yes. You can't leave these things up to algorithms. Hey, remember when uh, your dog died? Wasn't that a great day, Rami? You're like, no, I cried all day. Fox might want to remember this. No, I was good. I'm glad.
glad I'm not as active on Facebook. I was good not thinking about that. I was totally fine not thinking about that. I'm the same way, too. (laughs) I punted Facebook. I couldn't take it. I need it. That's the only way to promote comedy shows for free. Oh, okay. Well, I love Twitter. (laughs) I I couldn't take Facebook. I couldn't take... If if I saw one more baby, I just couldn't take it. That's great. You all have kids. That's fantastic. It's part of life. Wonderful. You all can procreate. Bravo. I don't need to see every kid you have. Or that, that your kid did something cute. You know what? Walking, it's not cute. It's part of life, okay? We all learn, hopefully, how to walk. Honest to God. Oh, your kid graduated elementary school? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's another. Great. Okay, just quickly. Just quickly. Is there anything right, more, more obnoxious than graduating a grade school grade or kindergarten and having a party a like ceremony? you really graduated right. from something? Yeah. I graduated from kindergarten circa 1975, got my butt on the bus and went home and probably drank a uh, cup of Kool-Aid. I thought you were going to say it's surly. No, I wish I had. But my point is my parents didn't come to St. Teresa and Haven with bells and whistles to celebrate. You graduate from one thing. High school, and then you graduate from college, of course. Okay, two things. Maybe college. So not everybody graduates from didn't, college. I right? didn't. But my point is, if you do, congratulations. Put a cap and gown on, and that's awesome. But going from 8th to ninth grade, folks, back in the day... Those were in the same building a lot of times. They just changed it. You don't graduate from eighth grade. And you sure as hell don't graduate from kindergarten and rewarding or acting like it's a big deal. Like, what does that tell a kid? I don't know. Oh, this is great. I graduated from kindergarten. You're, you're, setting, the, pro- you're setting the yeah. bar super low. And next year I start math and I might fail in life. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to baseball. I'm sorry. Speaking of math. Back the, in the day. The Twins are now five and a half games up on the Cleveland Indians after the... What was... What was do you guys know what the lead was? 11 and a half on 11 June 3rd. And a half, was that where on the morning, uh, yeah. On the morning of June June 3rd, 11 and a half games. Cleveland was under 500 at the time, and the Twins were red hot. And look, Wasn't it 12 and a half at one brief point? I got it right maybe here. In like Keep talking, I'll find it. I'm like not late sure. May was 12 and a half, maybe? Keep you talking, can, I'll find it. both be right, and I, I couldn't say definitively. Here it is. All right, let's see here. Manny, in the month of May, the Twins, well, they only led uh, by two and a half going into the month. Uh, mm. It got up to 10, 10 and a half. Nope, 11 and a half games. On an off day on June third, and at that point the twins were forty and nineteen. So oh, I'm that, sorry, no, forty and eighteen at that point. That's so eleven the high and a half is mark. the largest lead. That's the, yes, okay. And don't get me wrong, I'm still uber confident. I, I don't, I don't have any doubts whatsoever that this team is winning the AL Central. But I would have, I would have liked it for be for it to be somewhat easy. I would have liked a nice, not me, a nice leisurely walk into the postseason with no, a few additions no along way. the way. No way. You're enjoying this as a Minnesota baseball fan, and, and that's the important thing. As a Minnesota baseball fan, I love going the to mini, games. The Minnesota part is the key. The Minnesota there, right? part is the key there. To have an actual race for the division title in my town, to have a three game series against Cleveland coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that means something. I am beyond excited. When is the last time in this town that the Twins have gone into a three-game series in the month of July and anyone has given a damn? And it, and don't tell me 2017, because that was a pop-up year and fun. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, a couple weeks after the point that we're at now, that team traded away players. It struggled and traded players. Yeah. No, this is legit. This is fun. If you are a diehard Twins fan, I get it. 11 and a half or 12 games is fantastic. I am so excited right now that you are going to play a series in Cleveland that is extremely meaningful. If you do well, you're in great shape. If you don't, it gets even more compelling. I think the last time the Twins played a big series like this, it probably has to go back to 2010, right? <laughs> like whenever, maybe like when the Yankees came in. But weren't in they up by a ton? Weren't they up by a lot at that yeah, point, too? In the division, yeah, yeah, probably. But I mean, just in terms of you're right. a series that is huge. Phil said 2006. Yeah. For a July series. Since there was a series this big in July? Yeah, where, where you felt like this means a lot. It's I think been that Phil, long? I think Phil said, well, 2010, I don't think that there there was uh, concern at all, if I'm correct on not, that. Not, not, not within like the division. This. Yeah. Right. So since you've had a division series where you actually think this is going to be fantastic, Phil said 2006. Hmm. I mean, he so, can- I'm, the I'm la- happy about I'm it. I'm the last guy here to chime in on on whether or not that's right or not, but that seems amazing to me that it's been that long. That's crazy. But I don't need I don't need to win the division by 12 games. See, I I would much prefer it be tight, it be fun, and Cleveland. You know what? 
Cleveland's doing exactly as they started this hot streak. I think against the Twins in that series that started on June 4th, Cleveland's doing exactly what the Twins did too. Beating up on bad teams and not doing poorly. Not doing great, but not doing poorly against good teams. They've basically taken the Twins' formula and transplanted it to them. And this is what I wanted. This is why, to me, through May, it wasn't a ton of fun. Because everyone else stunk in your division. Now, the Twins and Cleveland have separated as the two teams that are competitive and are doing and are basically taking bad teams and beating them, and I think that's fantastic. See, I think dominating is fun. I think just being head and shoulders better than everybody in your division is fun. I was enjoying that thoroughly, and I'm still enjoying that because they're still head and shoulders better than the rest of the division, despite what the Indians have popped up and done since, uh, I don't know, the start of June, I guess, is, yes. is when they got a little bit hot. But And I, I do see, first of all, I see what you're saying, Judd. There is a certain electricity that's unique to meaningful series in July and and even further into August and September. There is a certain electricity in a ballpark and and watching a baseball team that is it's unique to that situation. You can't get that in any other way than to have a tight race and and to have those meaningful games and series in in that portion of the schedule. So I get what you're saying and I also think that there is something to be said about being hot and, and playing meaningful games going into October. So you're already in that mode. You're already in that glee, in that gear. You flip that switch mentally that you're playing games that you need to win to get into the postseason. And that sort of mm-hmm. a- adrenaline carries over to the... So I get what you're saying. But first of all, I don't want to hear from the people who are telling me Judd, to fix the brakes or that we're taking the oh, bumbo bus in they're, they're to get fixed. the brakes. It's fixed. in the shop. I don't want to hear from we you. We got people. it in the shop. I'm I don't one of those people. Hear from you nervous Midas nellies. is taking care of it right now. They, they called me. The bill is huge. Y'all are annoying me, okay? <laughs> you cut, you cut the brakes. Do, you know, do you know how much it costs to fix brakes? <laughs> they're cut. They're not getting fixed. These brakes <laughs> No, they're gonna, trying to put them back together. They're not going to do it. And yesterday and didn't work out so well. A, I'll cut them again. <laughs> I will cut those brakes again if you take the bumbo bus in. going to keep cutting brakes every time a new set of brakes gets installed, will, you're going to keep And the bill it. keeps going up. Yes, and I will continue to because there's no reason to fix the brakes. This is a good baseball team. It's the best baseball team in the division. They will go on to win the AL Central. I declared this, I don't know, two months ago, and I'm not backing off of it now, and I, I'm not any less confident I don't think you should. in that prediction now than I was two months ago. I don't think you should back off it because it's been the platform for a while, but it's going. It's there's a very good chance here that this is going to get very intriguing. There's a very good chance. What I like about it, too, is, and me and Judd talked about it on uh, Cluster Fund this morning, that with the Indians sort of closing in, and I still I still feel pretty confident that the Twins are going to win this division, but I like the fact that the Indians have made it a little bit more interesting because I think it, it would push the Twins to make a move for you know another bullpen arm or starter maybe um, to try and help them to just – Sort of put the pedal to the metal on the division and also give them a better chance to be successful in the postseason as well, if and when they get there. The other reason I was hoping the Twins would run away with this thing was because of what Chris Singleton just talked about when we talked about him in the last segment. That if this had continued to go as bad as it was going for the Cleveland Indians, they would have become sellers. Now right. they're now they're sort of in limbo. Uh, you see, I disagree here. I think it's perfect because if the Twins are as good as we think or thought that they were, they're going to win it. It might be tight, but they're going to. Mm-hmm. But if you stop Cleveland from selling, that hurts them long term. I like this. I get I, that. I like the fact that they can't go out and acquire a, a ton of prospects. I think Bauer might be gone. I think that I think th- this is going to get really weird with him. That's he's not coming hold- here. But that's what I was gone. holding out hope for. Okay, I think he still might be. I'm not sure. But as far as hand being traded and and you know, a month and a half, two months back, I think we said Cleveland's going to completely dump at the deadline. I don't think they're going to now, and they really can't. And if that precludes them from making trades for some top prospects, if you're the Twins, it makes you happy long term. I was hoping that they'd hang the for sale sign on Trevor Bauer and that the Twins would get in I on it. can't tell on that one. Well, that, that's out now. But I can't, t- because his situation is so odd and peculiar, and Cleveland is definitely trying to dump as far as cash goes. I think they might try and hold him now, but I'm not positive on that one. It would and, and and too, the series coming out of the break as as um, knee jerk as this is going to sound could be very important because if the Twins go into Cleveland and sweep, then Cleveland might be like perfect time to try and shop Trevor Bauer. 
Well, and what the other thing, too, is what happens if the Indians do decide to trade Trevor Bauer and they trade him to the Yankees? I mean, because that's a well, team that you, if you do win the division, you get to the playoffs, you know, depending on how things shape up, you might be playing that team either in the LDS or in the American League Championship Series if you get that far. That might be great. And if fun. they have, and if they have, if the Yankees have Trevor Bauer, that's a team that you're competing with, that you're trying to beat out for home field advantage even. That might be great fun, though, because he might go to that market and completely melt down. He's a wild card. If he goes west, I think he's going to thrive and be outstanding. Mm -hmm. If he goes east and has, you know, let's say his first couple outings as a Yankee, if he got traded there, didn't go well, this guy's a loose cannon. I'd love to see that because it could be ugly. You just want chaos. Oh, absolutely. That's what makes sports great. Who doesn't want chaos in sports? Who wants stability? It's why your league's so great. I know. The NBA is great. Why? Because of chaos. I woke up to chaos I get Because I get home on a Friday night and hit Twitter. I'm like, I wonder what's going on. I just posted something on the Twins. I might retweet it. And OKC's traded one of their best players. I love chaos. Which is why I wanted the Indians to be sellers at the trade deadline. Because the more sellers that you have at the trade deadline... A, the more chaos and the more fun that this thing gets and the more moves that we'll see leading up to the trade deadline, which I enjoy just as you do, Judd, but also the more sellers there are on the market, by the law of supply and demand, the price starts to drop on what it, so even if the even if the twins didn't go and make a trade for Trevor Bauer or anybody else from the Indians, Trevor Bauer or whoever else they put on the trade market drops the price. For everybody who's out there on the trade market, if there are more pitchers on the trade market, the price for pitchers drops. So I wanted the Indians to be out of this race, to be clear sellers, basically have a rummage sale and just put everybody out on the sidewalk and say, here you go, Major League Baseball. Who do you want and what do you got? I get your point, but I would far I would far prefer that I spend the rest of the year watching the two competitive teams as opposed to a team, even if I watch them all the time consistently, win by a ton. I would much rather prefer that you get tested. And wouldn't you just like to breathe easy for once no. as a Minnesota sports fan, Judd? No, 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 it's not. Haven't you had enough heartbreak and disappointment in your life to be hanging on the precipice of this for the final 80-some games you know or 70-some games of the season? I got bad news for you off that statement. If the Twins choked this away and lost, as far as sports heartbreak in my time... It would make the list, but it wouldn't be high. Oh, get out of here! They had an eleven and a half. It game still wouldn't lead. be high. Sorry. No, there's. Sorry, it wouldn't be. It, it wouldn't be that high. I'd be like, okay, yeah. Now that and and the great thing then is you could rip them for blowing it. <laughs> oh, you that's could, fun. You could rip them oh, for blowing great. it. But no, and, as far as sick. no, You're I demented. I want I. One, I want chaos, and two, I want competition. Being a lifelong Minnesota sports fan has done emotional damage to you. Of course it has. You're a damaged person. It's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. They moved here. You don't know how to be happy I was forced to move here. You're like me in real life. Not me, the sports fan. You're like the me of real life. You just, you can't let yourself be happy. In some ways, I'm I'm like you in real life, in real life, too. (laughs) That's a whole other thing, and... The people probably don't don't want to hear about that, but you know why I like it. I like this. You know why I also like the Indians still kind of being in this. Not even, I mean, take the take the division out of out of the picture here. Massive. The wild card. I mean, the Indians right now have the second wild card spot in the American League. Sure, and you've got Tampa Bay with the first one. You got Cleveland. Yeah, Oakland point. is a game and a half behind in in that part. You know, you still got Boston. Texas is right there, even though they just lost two out of three to the Twins. See, this is what we don't want, guys. We want teams dropping no, like flies Rami, out of the I, playoff race. What are you race? talking no. about? If the Twins, listen, if you, Rami, if you have cut the brakes on the Twins, yes, and you're confident that the Twins are going to be fine, then don't worry. Then don't oh, worry. No, this isn't this isn't worry. I just gave you the reasons why I want the Twins to to run away but with. But don't this you, thing. as a fan, don't you want want to watch this unfold like and said, see the nuances? The, the of AL wild card is shaping up to be a really really okay. fun race. I get the entertainment with, value. With does it five teams in the mix? Does it not excite you a lot that starting on Friday there's a series that you're going to feel compelled to watch with excitement in July? And if this was an eleven and a half game lead, we'd be like, okay, they're playing Cleveland. Does that not excite you? I get it. 
I get I get what you're saying about, and I are about the entertainment I value of a series like this. But I'm just there is also something to be said about a peace of mind <laughs> and not having to stress about a playoff race. And B, like I said, I want the trade market flooded with sellers, flooded with sellers, because you know for for a the storylines of of the move of of more moves before the trade deadline, and B the price lowering on whoever the Twins go out and acquire. You know what? I go back. I go back to 1998 with the Minnesota Vikings, and oh, I just remember scabs wound I, wide I, open. I just, I just, and Judd, you remember this too. There was <laughs> no doubt they were kicking the hell out of everybody, and there was no doubt that they were going to go to the Super Bowl in Miami. Yep. yep, and they ripped our hearts out at the end. Yeah, I, I want the Twins to be in a tight, competitive race, and I want it to be fun. I don't want to go into the postseason feeling cocky and 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 arrogant and like, oh yeah, this team is fine. Nobody's gonna beat them. Because then if they get beat, it's gonna tick me off even more. I want them to be in you a tight competitive so race. Yeah. I want this to be compelling. Well, I want fun baseball games in September. You're but you just hit on with that last statement what I believe to be the key thing here. As a baseball fan, I want to go to the park for the rest of the year with games that mean a lot. I don't want, if my choices are 13 games up and this is basically done, cruise control, cut the brakes, or no, this is going to be tight. And and you're going to be tested by a decent team, which mm-hmm. Cleveland is. I don't think they're great. I think they're decent. This is way more compelling. Sports are always more fun when they're compelling. If they are, if you win by 15 or 13 or 11 and a half, that's not compelling. And then, and then Manny's right. You get to October, and the Yankees come to town, and it's, oh, my God, what's happening? Well, what's happening is your division stunk. It's like saying, I want to live paycheck to paycheck for the excitement of it. I don't want to make too much money and be comfortable. Okay, do you know how? (laughs) But listen, Rami, but my point is, I was living comfortably in 1998 with the Vikings, and then... Like I really want to, and then I got robbed. Everybody just, stole; they stole all my money, I, and I was I just, broke. I just really want to wonder where that next meal is coming from. I like picking which bills I'm going to pay month to month. <laughs> oh man, just oh, that, I'm going to put this for you. That, very love simply. that juice. Just love that juice. I am not. A, I am not a, a thrill seeker when it comes to my body. I don't jump out of airplanes. I don't skydive. Ride I don't motorcycles. go. I don't exactly. Right. I don't go rock climbing. But I am a definite thrill seeker when it comes to as a sports fan. My thrills come from seeing things that are interesting. My thrills come from seeing a tight race that you might lose. You might win it, too. It's fun if you do. But that's where, so, so my thrills in life come from watching potential successes or failures of others. All right. Okay, man. Which is why I think this is fun. I like sometimes just breathing easy. You're a Cubs fan. I like writing a check and knowing it's not going to bounce. So you, so world, Se- so world series game seven in Cleveland. You you didn't enjoy that more because of how it unfolded. I mean, I would like been, if you had won fifteen rip. That, I would have been just as happy if they swept that series, man. Man, yeah, I just wanted a world series championship. But don't you think that, however that came, I was going to be happy. But Rami, wouldn't you wouldn't you say though that the way the Cubs won that World Series, coming back from a three one deficit. Blowing the lead in Game 7, but then having the resiliency to come back in the 10th inning of that game and win the World Series on the road. Like, doesn't that, like, add to, like, I know it was a huge deal for the Cubs winning the World Series the first time in 90 years or 88 years or whatever it was. I know that. But, like... Doesn't that just, that that extra element make, make it even more sweeter? I think the end result, in terms of how happy I was, how good it felt, would have been the same. It, the journey was more exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. jumping out of an airplane to use Judd's analogy. As far as thrill seeking goes as a sports fan, that was, that was as much of a thrill as I've ever gotten as a sport in terms of teetering on the edge of glory or disaster. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's something that's natural, I think, in us as humans. But when I, when I consciously think about it, same as I don't want to deal with that in real life situations, which is why I don't want to get on a motorcycle. I'd rather not deal with that in sports situations either. But I don't I like die resting, if the twins collapse. I like my resting heart rate nice and low. No, see, <laughs> okay. if the twins collapse here and are a wild card, which is probably worst case, 
I don't die. If I fall off a, a motorcycle or get in a crash, I could die. See, this is why I enjoy allowing others to do things that I find to be dangerous, interesting to watch. And well, it's not even dangerous. It's just it's more compelling to me. All right, that's we're wired differently. I mean, we, we just, could take calls. I'm sure some people think I am a complete moron. Six four six eight two five five or tweet us. Save that at S K O R North. Please save that. I hope I didn't That'd step be a on it. Complete moron. I might be a complete moron. There you go, man. There you yeah. go. Nice and clean. 651-646-8255. Is Judd a complete moron, or are you enjoying that this thing has gotten kind of tight? I'm st- I, it's not that tight. I'm still not worried about winning this division <laughs> at all. But it's gotten kind of tight. Does that make you happy? It's the Score North. First place, Twins Show, live from Boma Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 69. Giggity. And we'll be back right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, time for the Score North download. I'm Manny Hill. It's 1246, and uh, you heard Chris Singleton uh, on with us if you had been listening on the first place twin show here on Score North. And uh, he's not as worried about the uh, Minnesota Twins, even though the American League Central Division lead has uh, gone down to five and a half games. The question is, is Judd Zolgad an idiot? If Is this the right thing for the Twins, for this lead to be down to five and a half games? Tweet us at Score North or uh, tweet at Jay Zolgad, at Manny Hill 84 or at Rami is tweeting. Let us know your thoughts. Now back to the first place uh, the Score North First Place Twins show. Here's Rami Makloff. It is the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bomba Soda. Thank you, Manny. We're live from the land of 10,000 rakes, and the magic number is 69. You heard the question there. Is Judd crazy? I don't want to use the word idiot because I don't want to open the door for you guys to call him names, but is Judd crazy? Oh, they can go ahead. That he's glad Judd that this totally thing embrace that. is <laughs> close. 651-646-8255 or tweet us at S-K-O-R North. Uh, Corbett tweeted uh, Judd Manny and myself he says i want a big enough lead to not be worried but small enough to have the team having to play with urgency cruise control into postseason is not good in my opinion an eight to ten game lead the rest of the way is fine with me so that's his sweet spot eight to ten games okay i think if they could be back up to eight, eight and a half after the weekend if they want it to be if the indians are within five to seven games that's enough to light a fire until you clinch the division right yeah, that, that's enough. five games. Yeah, that's enough five for the for Twins sure. to yeah. feel the heat. Five to seven games. Yeah. Does that that suffice for your for what you want out of the rest yes. of the season? Okay, that's fine. All right, good. I want to look forward to series based on the fact that there's actual competition. So yes, five games, five and a half games is perfect. So you're good with that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. So are are you saying if it gets less than that, you get really concerned, or what? If it gets uh, like, let's say they get within three and a half, are I you? I don't want no. There isn't stressed out now. There really isn't a point where I get that concerned until the Indians pass them. If that were to happen, because my whole thing was when it was an eleven and a half game lead, yep. was that's that's an insur- to me that was borderline insurmountable. I don't want to say insurmountable. It's happened before. People have tweeted me lists of the teams that it's happened to before. Sure. But it was a borderline insurmountable lead. When I said that, I knew they might get close. I knew that this thing might even get tight at some point, but that it was enough of a lead for the Twins to be able to hold off the Indians for the rest of the season. So I wouldn't say I'm really going to get concerned until the Indians pass them. And even then... Again, I was looking at the rest of the season as a whole and whether or not the the gap between those two teams was, was easy enough to make up for the sure. Cleveland Indians. Speaking of the Cleveland Indians, all-star festivities going on right now in Cleveland. And uh, Betsy Helfand from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Yes, covers the Twins, does a fine job. Tweeted out a picture, and they have like each team... They have like these banners stretched across fencing for each team and the and a picture of the players that are representing them. Uh-huh. And for the Minnesota Twins, it says Minnesota Twins, and there's a picture of Jose Barrios, action shot in a windup. It's very nice. And then there's a headshot of Eddie Rosario. Okay. Okay, that's weird. Eddie Rosario is not in the All-Star game. That is not a thing that happened. They thought that was Jorge Polanco. Whoops. How does that happen? Whoopsie. How does that even happen? Uh I have I can tell you right now, very simply. Three letters. M L B. 
And at that point, Rami says, you know what? You're exactly right. End of (laughs) conversation. That's true. Rob Manfred runs MLB, and I'm not surprised. That's amazing. But but they, they did, don't even look alike. But they did right or wrong because you, I think you could make a very good case. He should be there. That before he got hurt, Rosario should have been there. Now it's good he's not now, I guess, because he's hurt and probably probably if he had been elected, couldn't have played. But yes, he got snubbed, so perhaps they corrected that wrong, and then of course left Polanco off entirely, which is MLB. They don't even look alike. No, I know those two guys don't even look alike. No, not even close. How? It's not. E- it's not even remotely close. Let's get in, Kyle. He's in Minneapolis now. He's on the Score North first place Twins show. What's up, Kyle? Hey guys. Um, hey Ken. I don't. I don't think uh, Judd necessarily is is out of his mind with this, but I think he's being a little bit realistic in the fact that. The Indians are coming. They're, they they are going to make a run. They were going to make a run. And I think that, uh, you know, most people think that all the wins are going to run away with it. They just have to weather this and, and know that teams make runs. And it might be a little tighter than you would expect um, with that being said. So the Indians have to get uh, Jose Ramirez. He's got he's to figure out what's going on. And, and with him playing as bad as he has and them still being in there and the Kluber may be coming back down the pipe. It's going to be tight, and the Twins just have to keep doing their thing. And and I think that's maybe what Judd is going for there. And um, the other thing is, I think when you're a fan of a team, uh, in hindsight, seeing some like crazy things going on can add to the mystique of it all. But I kind of agree with Rami in that in the moment, I don't want my heart rate to explode because I'm watching a team have to gut it out through every single thing. To have a couple of blowouts to get that title or whatever is great, because I don't know about you, Rami, but when I was watching Chapman basically on fumes in Game 7 throwing 96, which for any other normal person would be right. like 82, <laughs> after they saw him for an entire series throwing 100, you're kind of going, geez, I just want to win this thing instead of instead of just watching you know, every pitch and going, oh, man. So, so I think having that... Uh, those guaranteed wins can, you know, it's just as sweet. We just like to glamorize it in hindsight. Appreciate the call, Kyle. And yeah, that is, that's exactly how I felt. Like, just give it Those to me already. Points. Just give it to me already. I don't, so, so, I'm suffering. And listen, I do not expect the majority of people to be like me. God forbid. It's just my personal preference. So, like, you're not wrong. No, neither Kyle's of us not is wrong. wrong. This is a personal preference, yeah. Manny's not wrong. It's just that my preference is is that I love the fact that I'm excited for Friday. I love that. As I a baseball it. fan. Like I said, I definitely get where you're coming from. That's just not how I'm wired. And be, I like to relax. And because of the wild card, they're going to make the playoffs. Right. They would have to completely, and they're not, and they are not. To be very clear, too, I understand that recent weeks have not been as dominant as the first two plus months here. So this team is not playing as well. They're banged up. They got guys hurt. They were bound to to go through a stretch like this and Cleveland's playing fantastic right now. I get all that, but I would be negative about this. If the twins were just coming apart, right? Like if they were playing terrible baseball and they were, and they couldn't pitch and they couldn't hit Mm -hmm. and it was just, and, and they hadn't just won two or three from Texas. I would get on here and be like, this is awful. This is hard to watch, but it's not. This is fun. So the Twins are not playing terrible baseball. Right. And and anybody who woke up on the morning of June 3rd and saw 40 and 18 and thought, yeah, that's going to keep up all year, you're crazy. It's baseball. Real quick, before we get out of here, I wanted to uh, get some... It's, it's varying degrees of reckless speculation, if you will. Reckless speculation. Followed by the crash. Uh, first, let me go because this, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, go ahead. this is the less reckless speculation. It's from Ken Rosenthal talking about what the market might be for Madison Bumgarner. He does say the Astros, Twins, Braves, and Brewers are among the clubs interested in Bumgarner, according to Major League sources. So the Twins have been in on Bumgarner. That's not new. That's not surprising. We've sort of known that for a while now. And what he says basically about the market for Bumgarner is don't expect the price to go down the longer that this goes on. And this is why he says that's the case. He says, only no one should expect Farhan Zaidi, the Giants president of baseball operations, to fall for baseball's version of a disinformation campaign of people 
saying that Madison Bumgarner might not be who he was, like we've seen in previous seasons with Justin Verlander, Manny Machado, etc. He says Zaidi was with the Athletics from 2005 to 2014 when Billy Bean's approach was fine, others will take him when people balked at players who they would put on the trade sure, market. That makes so sense. They would just wait and good deals inevitably would come in for players in that situation. So he says, expect Zaidi to take the same approach and the price won't be dropping on Madison Bumgarner anytime despite, soon. Despite the fact that he took a line drive off that left pitching arm on yeah. Saturday. He said big, leading, big bruise right there now. What he cites is leading into that, Bumgarner was uh, using both sides of the plate more than he ever has in his career okay. before and you were seeing results because of it. Okay, and reckless speculation, too, from Lavelle Neal of the Star Tribune, who uh, in on sun, in Sunday Star Tribune threw out a bunch of names and says uh, the Twins have definitely checked on Kirby Yates of the Padres, which would cost you an absolute ton, and Ken Giles of the Blue Jays uh, for bullpen help. Giles, of course, missed. He was on the IL, I believe, for a period of time with an elbow injury. He's back now, but that causes concern. Yates would be a great pickup, but he would come at a enormous Steep. price. Yeah. My guess is you could not get Yates without giving up Kirloff or or Lewis, which I don't think the Twins will. So I think Yates is probably out of their price range, don't you? Probably. Yeah. That one doesn't strike me as a that it's a good phone call to make. I don't think that the Padres are going to take a package of nice players for him. I you, think the you, Padres are going to say no, no, we're going to take one of your best players. You do your due diligence, you call, you see what the market is exactly, but if it's gonna be, if it's gonna cost you one of your top two guys, then I wouldn't do that. How much does Giles scare you guys in light of the fact that he did have an elbow problem in the last month plus, probably? A little bit, not too much though. If, if it was serious, he wouldn't be back pitching. Sure, in my opinion, unless the the Blue Jays are that reckless an organization that they're like, hey man, we're trying to trade this guy. Who cares if he could hurt <laughs> himself? He wouldn't further, come back. Run then, him probably. out there, right? So exactly. you're probably right. Judd, are you a uh, home run derby guy? Tonight is the home run derby. Absolutely, so. positively not. No, no not no, at all. No, don't like it, Manny. No. You? Uh, I used to be. I remember the one in '96 when it was Griffey. <laughs> Back when he was ten. Yeah, well, I was twelve. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I was. I was a kid. Um, Griffey, Bonds, McGuire. Yeah, were like. I think they were like the final three. I think McGuire and Bonds ended up being like the the two finalists, and that was just that was great for me because it was like. Baseball stars were a little bit more promoted back then. You just kind of knew who everybody was. And now it's like you get guys in. Like, I don't even know who's in it this year. I'll tell you who's in it. I don't know who they got to replace Christian Yelich. That happened just uh, last night, I think, or the day before. But Josh Bell, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Pete Alonzo, Jock Peterson, Alex Bregman, Carlos Santana, Matt Chapman, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, those are all good players, and I know who they all are, but just doesn't have the same sort of star appeal. I don't like you guys very much. Do you like it? I love the home run derby. Why? Because it's the the game itself. Like these guys are such freaks yeah. to be able to do what they do on a baseball field. But the game itself becomes ho hum because we watch it every day. The question is, and you put them in a competition like this, and you're like, oh, what yeah, what no, player these... who's going to compete in this thing tonight is going to screw up his swing beyond belief for the entire second half? I hope it's uh, Jock Peterson. That's always my favorite question. I don't I got, want it to be Jack Peterson because he's on my home run team. I got Vladimir. Guerrero oh, then I hope Jr. it's Jack Peterson. Sorry, Manny. I got Vlad <laughs> Jr. winning this thing. If anybody cares. That's a good one, yeah. This has been the Score North First Place Twins Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. The magic number is 69. For Judd Manny, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This- Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.